What's going on, Eric? Tell, I love that thing, man. I love it so much. Is I want that to be my ringtone. Feels so professional with it. It does. It does. Ashley really set us up for success, man. I love it. <laughs> she did. And and what is it with the toothpicks and the light bulb and the potato teller? Can you just tell us? I have, dude. I fucking kids and their goddamn science projects. It doesn't work. It does. Stop using still- vegetables to conduct electricity. Just turn yes. the light bulb. Just flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> just flip the switch. Don't go out. Of, don't work harder. Work smarter. There it is. There it is. That that's your quote of the day, people. That one minute yeah. in, and you're already learning. Fucking it. Uh, this is a very interesting episode. Um, it's episode one, two, three. I we didn't know what to do with it, and then we said, we're, "Let's do something with numbers. Let's do something with facts. You know, let's have some fun with it." Before anything, Tyler, I want to talk about some personal stuff. Um. We live in Los Angeles. I mean, that's yeah. no secret. For better or worse. For better or worse. Do you ever do the Hollywood things? I mean, do you ever do like a that's so LA thing, Tyler? Like all those stereotypes. Uh, like, do you ever go for avocado toast on a Saturday morning? Fucking hell. I was literally just thinking of avocado toast. That's so <laughs> fucking weird. Um, uh, no, never had avocado toast. I think honestly, the... The most fucking LA thing consistently is doing like SNL did the whole skit with the Californians, you know, basically just talking about like one freeway to another and yeah. how you get to someplace. Yeah. That's the thing I consistently fucking do. Like, do you like what do you do? Like that kind of shit. So I finally did, and and again, I've lived in LA since 1991. Yeah, and it's 2023, Tyler. I went to a, um, a TV show taping. Oh yeah, oh definitely. I finally went to a TV show taping. Everyone's like, "Oh, dude, it's Hollywood. You're in California. You're in Los Angeles. Like, you're probably like, you know, walked into movie sets and all this shit." Yes, we go to Universal Studios. No, we don't all end up on TV shows. They don't just film it outside here. It's a big fucking deal, and that's something also. I think a lot of people don't understand that when movies are being filmed. Mm-hmm. the street is completely closed. You're not oh, going to accidentally yeah. walk into 7-Eleven as they're filming Superbad. Yeah. yeah. That's not a Unless thing. Unless it's like or something. Tyler, I always thought that's what it was like, though, until I started seeing you know them filming everywhere because they do film everywhere because it is Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I always thought, how come I never drove by and they were recording? How come I'm never yeah. just randomly in the background of something? Because I know they were filming where I was. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all so intentional and a lot of people listening maybe we just pulled the veil back a little bit and 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 exposed you know what goes on behind the curtain but when they film in Los Angeles that street is closed. Oh Much god, to you the, have to make arrangements with the city, get permits, get everything yeah. like the neighbor like let the the community know. It's a huge fucking deal cuz you're disrupting yeah. people's lives. Yeah, they disrupt traffic which like oh, here yeah. this is we're famous for our traffic. So you can all imagine when they film on Famous places that you all know, Ventura Boulevard, 
Hollywood uh, and Highland Boulevard. Do you understand what it is when they close these places, people? Like, do you understand what the fuck is happening when they close it? They stop closed the filming on Ventura Boulevard for the love of God. Other people need to use it. They closed the 405 freeway, which is you all have heard of the 405 freeway. They closed it for I think it was a weekend, and it was dubbed Carmageddon. Oh, that's right. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> the be- but the best fucking twist for that is that nobody even went. <laughs> Yeah, nothing nothing happened. Yeah, everyone stayed home. That was the yeah. best twist ever. They they were they were putting us in panic for two fucking weeks before they're like we're going to close this section of the 405. So basically you can't go from <laughs> the valley to Los Angeles. You can't go into like yep. Santa Monica, Venice Beach, all of these areas that that maybe you all have heard of. So Separated they were going to close each of hills too. Yeah, that were all yeah, they basically closed us off. Yeah. And and they were calling it Carmageddon and saying you know the canyons are going to get flooded and and you know Sepulveda Boulevard all the all the ways that we can go back and forth are going to get crazy and you yep. stay at home if you can and buy baby formula in case you can't go out I'm like what the fuck is happening Oh God yeah like did you remember like they were going into restaurants talking to people asking yeah. what their thoughts were It was like that big of a deal here and nothing happened. Nothing no, happened. Nobody went out that weekend. And it was great seeing everything <laughs> from the next weekend. All of like the cameras on the overpasses and just shooting like yeah. the empty roadways. No one <laughs> went out. It, it, was it was really, like, really cool. It was like lockdown. It, it was like lockdown. But this, it, surprisingly, this actually worked. When lockdown happened, there was a lot of pushback. Here, they're like, mm-hmm. we're closing the freeway. And everyone's like, all right, well, you know, just stay home for two days. The one time the whole city came together and said, fuck it. Yeah, it was kind of beautiful. It was. was. Beautiful. That was the um, last moment we had. And they did it, it twice. They had Carmageddon <laughs> 2 and the exact same thing happened again. <laughs> uh, but Tyler, have you been to a taping? Have you been to a TV show taping? I have. I've been to uh, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel? Okay. Did you ever do yeah. the Jeopardy? I know a lot of uh, middle Je- school, high schoolers, they take to Jeopardy. Did you do that? Yeah. In middle school, we did uh, the the day where we watched five tapings or I guess the week's worth of tapings. That's another thing. That's another thing because this being my very first time, um, I was shocked. I was shocked. I I was like a lot of you and I thought, okay, they're filming an episode of, I'm going to say where I was. We went to see whose line is it anyway? No shit. It was so, so, so cool. Tyler. It was, uh, Ryan styles, Colin mockery, um wayne brady what? i don't remember the guy's name but the guest they had was so cool and i've seen him before he was so cool like it was such a good revival so check this out while we're talking about numbers yeah. um i wrote i wrote this down just so we have it whose line is it anyway tyler i'm sad man i'm hmm. sad it's been renewed for the 20 and final season which will debut on march 31st 2023 Wait a minute. Wait, th- this has been ongoing? They hadn't filmed since the pandemic happened. So this was their first time back. Dude, I didn't even know they were filming since like the early 2000s. Yeah, like with yeah. Drew Carey and shit. I didn't know it was, it never went off the air. So the new host, or I mean, you know, in, in quotations, new host is Aisha Taylor. No shit. She's she's hosting it and she's so cool, Tyler. Like, where would people know her from? I've never seen her before. Never she's a stand-up. She's a comedian? Yeah, she's a stand-up comic and an actress. And she was on um she was a co-host of like The View or The Talk or one of those shows for a long time. 
I really, really liked her. I really, really liked her, man. She used to be on Kevin and Bean all the time. Whenever they would have like April Foolishness and shit, she would be, she would come on and talk about it. You, Maybe that's you where I know her name her. from. Yeah, no, yeah, I knew her name, but but then she came out. I'm like, who, you know, who is this? But it was, She's on Archer? The the animated show? Yeah. Yeah, she's the, um the not the psychic, but like the female spy. Oh, no way. Yeah. She she's as nice as can be. She's as like funny as can be. She seemed like yeah. one of the guys, you know, she was totally one of the guys. But for anyone that's not in has never been in a taping yet, um, Tyler hit the uh, uh, nail right on the head. You go and you think, OK, we're going to be here for, you know, the show's 30 minutes. We're probably going to be here for an hour. Um, <laughs> no, nope. we got there at 4 p.m. You yep. check in. You're told to leave your cell phones in a locker. You line up, and then the Hollywood starts to happen. Mm. They had mm-hmm. a guy walking around with a clipboard and just looking at the lines. And every few people, he would stop and say, you. And he would take that person and put them in another line. He's looking for weird-looking people, like very beautiful, very weird, very tall, very short, very striking. diverse. A striking people. Yeah. And these were the people that that were made to sit behind Aisha Taylor. These are the people that when you record the show, when you watch the show, whose line is it anyway? There's a small um, section behind her. Those are that's those people that are handpicked. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Interesting. So they, you know, because otherwise it could be anyone, right? It could be why? Why wasn't it me? I was standing. I was offended that they didn't pick me. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I ugly? Like, what the hell is this? You shaved your legs for this. I, yeah, really. And they have like a dress code. They're like, listen, you're going to be on camera. We don't want hoodies. We don't want baseball hats. We don't want logos oh. across the chest. We don't want it to say Tyler across the chest. No team TNA hoodies. You know, nothing. Interesting. Yeah, totally makes sense. I never thought of that. That's another thing I never thought of. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so they said, you know, they finally let us in. and. Zero bathroom breaks. They're like, listen, you have until 5 p.m. to use the restroom. And then we're going to start going into the into the place. And the recording is going to be basically from 5.30 until 10.30. There are no bathroom wow. breaks. There are no commercial breaks. You are sitting there. There's going to be random get up and stretch your leg times, but you are sitting there. Make sure you drink. Make sure you eat. Make sure you pee. There are no breaks. But you can't take a break. But they're emphasizing eating and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went into the filming, um, this was the next thing that happened. They, what do you call that crane camera, Tyler? Like, you know which one I'm talking about? Like the one that, the jib, yeah, the the jib. Um, they were saying this is a jib and they have like camera screens, uh, TV screens all around the, the studio and they show it. So, you know, you get to see yourself on it and all this stuff. They're like, listen, look down. Don't look up at the, at the monitors because you're going to look goofy on TV. Everyone's going to be mm-hmm. like, why is everyone staring at the ceiling instead of staring, you know, at the stage? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a lot of a lot of TV and movie magic, which kind of ruined it for me. But <laughs> but it was definitely experience. And that's the most Hollywood thing I've ever done is mm. being in the taping of that. The other thing that happened is that section that they had seated behind Aisha Taylor. They kept putting the camera on it. And this is before we started filming. And they said, okay, you two need to get up and move two rows forward. The two people here, you guys need to move two rows back. 
Um, this guy's a little tall. We're going to put you on the right. Uh, we don't like, you know, how this lady looks in contrast. Like, they totally yeah. fucking A, discriminate, B, hurt feelings, and C, don't give a fuck that they do it. But I, no, but I, it makes sense why they do it. You you cannot be distracted by shit in the background. It has to be even. It has to be color coordinated. You have to keep your eyes on the host. It's just there to the background. It's yeah, makes total fucking sense. It's it's just it it just blew my mind because they they totally say things that I think people would find offensive. Maybe I'm hypersensitive, but they said things. Thank God not to me. That I I'm like, how are they getting away with this? But people well, just you've did been. It. You've been trained to be hypersensitive with the with the culture. That's all. It, it's like, not the culture. Is... I would just be offended that they would say, "Listen, we don't like how you look on camera. You got to move. You got to move." There was three ladies, Tyler. There were three ladies that were sitting in the aisle between mm. uh, between Eddie. Then there was the aisle of stairs, and then three ladies. God forgive me. I'm telling you all just how I saw it. They were they were bigger ladies. They were in their 30s, 40s. They were they were bigger ladies, and there was just three of them. A producer comes up the stairs and he's like, ladies, I'm so sorry. And we did get seated at random. I mean, you kind of went, you know, you got sat where the line was. It's not like you picked your seats. You just sat as you came in, right? So yeah. you could have sat anywhere. So the guy said to them, listen, um, I'm going to switch you guys places with someone else. And he moved them to the far fucking right, Tyler. Like he moved them so far off camera and mm -hmm. brought three other people to sit in their place. Okay, maybe I'm sensitive. But I was like, damn, that's like kind of fucking offensive. And he told him, he's like, I don't want you to think it's me. We have to have, you know, the camera a certain way. We need to have like people spread out a certain way. You know, we don't want a, a whole row of women. We don't want a whole row of men. We don't want a whole row of people wearing black. It's, you know, he tried to like make an excuse yeah. for it. But I'm like, I, I see what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I think too, it's, you know, it's, as you said, it's the most Hollywood thing you've been a part of. I think also people being there, like, I think in any normal event, people would be offended, angered, whatever. But because it is a Hollywood thing, it's just, you know, you're... It is what it is. You're, uh, it is what it is, but it's just, you're so, um, what's the word? Um, when you're intimidated you're intimidated, intimidated by the fact it was, that it, it is so hollywood definitely definitely that you kind of would brush it off because it's just like oh my god i mean there's so many cameras this is a real production i'm part of uh, like content creation part of media part of something big that i think again like if you were to any event you would be offended but here it's just kind of like uh okay you're just so intimidated by everything i think yeah. like it's kind of like a pass from a lot of people that yeah. might normally be offended. I, I can absolutely see that. And also, if anyone's interested on how to do that, they there's a website called One, the number one, iota, I-O-T-A dot com. Mm -hmm. And they have free tapings all the time in LA, in New York, um, some in Chicago, but it's mostly in LA and New York. Uh, definitely, if you're planning a trip, check out the number one, iota dot com. See what they have for you. Um, basically, you put your name, you put your name in and you say, I would like to go to this show. And they'll get back to you and say, hey, sorry, we ran out of tickets or, hey, we'll see you here on Friday. This is how we want you to dress. This is where we want you to come. This is, you know, on and on and on. They'll give you the rules. So oneiota.com. Mm -hmm. um, the only other thing I'll say about it, you've seen, you've seen, and I'm sure many of you have seen uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, right? Oh, God, yeah. Grew up with it. We grew <laughs> up with the show. I mean. We definitely grew up with the show. It was, it was always amazing. Tyler, being there, 
they're funny for five and a half hours straight. God, it's so hard. That's it's so, so hard. insane. But it's also the mentality. We all went there to laugh. You know, no one. So basically, like, you know, if they make a face, you're laughing. And otherwise, if someone made a face, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? You know, but because you're there to laugh, it's it's a good time. Um, So they go in and they start filming skits right away. And then everything's fun until the last half hour. This is when mm-hmm. the showrunner and head, I'm guessing, director um, come out. And he says, okay, this is what I need. This is what I need. We need you to come down the stairs. They're talking to Aisha Taylor. Where you're going to come down the stairs, you're going to open the show and start with scenes from a hat. So we all start clapping. She runs down the stairs. We're going to do scenes from a hat. And then, you know, everyone gets out of their seat. Okay, cut. All right. This is what we need. You're going to start the show. And you're going to say, we're starting, the, you know, the first scene is... Uh, um." What's that sound? Again, mm-hmm. up the stairs she goes. We all sit there quietly. Music cues. We all start clapping. She runs down the stairs again. It's 10 of those. Yeah. Because yeah. just like Tyler said, you go there thinking, I'm going to film an episode. What happened is, while we were there, they did eight or nine episodes. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. And I'm like, wow, man, like they, they just, they just, they just turn it right on and right off. That's right. Like, and it was that shut out. I never knew it was like that. It's it does destroy the illusion. I I, okay. I mean it it really fucking does. I mean you really look at shows differently, especially shows with you know quote unquote real people now, like game yeah. shows and basic reality shows. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 so interesting, man. And and then even the ending scene, he's like, okay, we're gonna run credits. Um, uh, say that call in one and then um you know so we do it like that so we start half clapping we're clapping kind of quietly she says okay winner of the show this time was Colin. you're gonna read the the end credits like you're uh the one of the last survivors on the titanic so you know we all start clapping louder and he does it okay cut and then he comes back in okay uh winner of the show this time is ryan styles and then the same thing again and again and again it's uh it's like um What's that movie called, Tyler, where they like keep reliving the same day? Groundhog Day. Not Groundhog Day. It's like the rock and roll one. The rock and roll one. I don't know. It's like it's like uh I don't remember what it's called. It's like um Spinal Tap, something like that. Where they keep having like the same events like over and over again. It's basically Groundhog Day, but it's just, it's yeah. just something I wanted to share with all of you just because we live here and I finally went and did it which I could have done for all these years because it's fucking free, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a great experience, I think, for anybody. I mean, you just, you know, you kind of see, you see how the sausage is made for, you know, yeah. so much shit. You kind of just take for granted. Yeah. You know? Granted, not granted. Um, I went to a, a wedding once, and um, part of the arrangement was is that their wedding was part of a reality show. Oh, wow. And... It was cool. It was a really interesting experience. But what I did not like is they had to do their first kiss multiple times. Oh, man. And I was shocked by just how 
you know, you when you see a couple like have their first kiss at a wedding, it's really like, I'm sorry, no offense. It's not that fucking special. We all know you've done this before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a formality, but you appreciate the fact that it's just part of the tradition, the ceremony. Right. It's just like, okay, when they kiss, that's, you know, for people like me, it's like, oh, thank God the ceremony's over. Let's go eat. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let's go eat. Yeah. But like seeing, but like you really do think like it is a special moment in that ceremony. It's it's the period on the end of the sentence. Yep. And so when they did this, it was, yeah, there was someone like literally the director or whoever over the PA system. Okay, everyone do not clap when they start kissing. We will tell you when to do that. And then they do their first kiss and they say, okay, that was great. Let's do it again, but let's have the two of you kind of look at each other for a little more time than do it. Oh, my God. And it was repeated again <clears throat> for another few times. And it was like, you know, and then afterward, it's like, OK, now let's get the crowd shots of you guys applauding. And I was like, you know, thinking like this really destroyed. Like the the very the magic emotional, the magic, the emotional meaning of what this is. Yeah. And it, it's it's interesting how just, you know, it, it really is a production. You're part of you know, filmmaking. It's it's different. It's not real life and it is it it slaps you in the face. It it, it is. And and something something else I can say to that is, you know, they start the show and they're like there's there's a a, a game called sound effects where they bring two people from the audience and, you know, you make the sound effects for whatever Ryan's doing and you make the sound effects for whatever Wayne is doing, right? Yeah. They say that to us. As soon as we sat down, they're like, okay, we need two people. And they pick the two people. They sent them to get makeup, Tyler. They sent them back to get makeup. They told them how it's going to play out. They asked them their names. Then they went back and sat in the crowd. And then they said, we're going to need two people's cell phones because they're going to read people's cell phones as responses, you know, in the middle of a story. They picked two people, sent them back to get makeup, and then they sent them back out. And then, you know, as it goes in the show, I'm at home like, you know, oh, my God, you know, they're going to pick two random people from the audience. And and Aisha Taylor goes into the crowd and she's like, OK, we need two people. OK, uh, uh, Tyler, you're, uh, what's your name? You know, and you're like, Tyler, and, and what's your name? Uh, oh, I'm Eric, you know, and they take those two people. Those two yeah. people were picked a long time ago. Ah, OK. And I was like, oh, man, like, you know, I don't want to see that. Yeah. You know, they probably have to do like maybe some minor background checks, you know, to see if you're. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Huh? I didn't even you, think about that. Yeah. If you've kind of like disrupted events or you have a history of, you know, what, whatever your mentality is, like if you're a racist or if you've done if you've had like a police record, if you have a history of certain things, they probably want to make sure they're getting somebody innocent at that microphone. <laughs> Didn't they have that guy who was like a freaking killer on that on the dating game one time? Yeah. Rodney Akala. Uh, dude, I didn't think you were going to come with receipts and shit. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dating game killer. Wow, man. That's so wild. And so probably that was the benchmark to where, hey, from now on, anyone on this screen is going to be vetted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. God, that guy's fucking incredible. We have to ask Ashley about him. We do have to ask Ashley, but I didn't think you were going to throw the name out like that. Jeez. Okay, well, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, so there's 24 minutes about the most Hollywood thing that that I've done in recent history. And I'm I'm 
glad I got to share with you all. Maybe that was cool, or hopefully I didn't ruin the magic for you too much. But one, two, three, Tyler, let's talk some numbers, dude. The number one, two, three is a very positive and upward moving number that's often considered a good sign in terms of love, soulmates, and twin flames, which is the two of us, basically. Twin flames? Yeah. Is that just, uh, is that just like two people that just have like a like a bond, basically? A James Bond, yes. Oh, this number sequence represents moving up a step. So it might be hinting that your love relationship or twin flame relationship is ready to move to the next level. God, I don't know why I read that sentence, but that was so cute. It is cute, Tyler. But the important thing is, it is a step up, and I think I think for our podcast, for our friendship, Tyler, for our listeners for everyone that's hanging out with us we don't think you guys are listeners we think you guys are hanging out with us all of you are just hanging out with us we're just having a good time over here i don't Absolutely. like when people say our fans like you don't have fucking fans dude no one likes you like no one is our fan we're all friends no. here we don't like to be blown yeah <laughs> um i have so many random facts tyler do you do you want to start with something random or do you want to or do you want me to hit you with some random facts why don't, why don't you start with some random facts here let's do some random facts and again, these are just things with numbers. So like, I didn't know where to go. So I just went everywhere. Um, we use what is called the Gregorian calendar. The calendar mm-hmm. that you're all looking at right now that says the date is called the Gregorian calendar. Uh, the Gregorian calendar is a solar dating system used by most of the world. It is named for por- for Pope Gregory VIII, who issued the papal bull inter... Wow, I can't say that word. Gracism. Great is MS in fifteen eighty two. What this gets this gets really interesting. So basically, a, pap- a papal bull is like a decree from the Pope. I oh, thought it was pa- bill. A papal bull. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's it is bull and not bill. Basically, that's the Pope says that uh, you know Santa Claus is to be left cookies and milk, like shit, like that. Like that's what it is. Got it. So this uh, Pope. He signed this uh, papal bull in February 1582, promulgating the reformed calendar that came to be known as the Gregorian calendar. Mm. The most surreal part of implementing the new calendar came in October 1582, when 10 days were dropped from the calendar to bring the vernal equinox from March 11th back to March 21st. Um, The church had chosen October to avoid skipping any major Christian festivals. So... In October, I think it was like the 4th, the next day became the 15th. They just cut 10 days. <laughs> they just cut 10 days out because they needed they needed the, the, the numbers to match up a little bit with like um, the lunar calendar, something like that. Can you so, imagine how simple life was at that time where you yeah. could just make that fucking call? Yeah. Like. It makes no difference to the entire world. Like, if you did that shit today, like, everything would be thrown into fucking... We would have a global meltdown financially. Like, people would go... Everything would collapse if you did that now. Yeah, if you're like, tomorrow is not the first, it's the 11th of the month. You know? Yeah. Here we close the freeway for two days and it's Carmageddon. There, the whole world is like, we're skipping these next 10 days. And everyone's like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't like uh, cause this person's demise on the 12th, so I got away with it scot-free. Hey! Yeah, right? Yeah. 
Imagine some poor guy's birthday is on, you know, October, <laughs> October 7th or so. That would have been me. I'm like, oh, man, I can't. Three more days till my birthday. Oh, well, I guess it's next year now. I'm sorry. We, we've just glossed over it. I hope you had a nice time. Yeah, really. But I'm surprised I wasn't born on the leap year, Tyler, like the day of. 29th, February 29th. Yeah. Um, speaking of, and I've always wondered this, and now I finally have it here on recording for everyone. Why are leap years necessary? Um, yeah. Adding an extra day for every four years keeps our calendar aligned correctly with the astronomical seasons. Since a year, according to the Gregorian calendar, is 365 days and a year according to the Earth's orbit around the sun, which is approximately 365.25 days, um, they're not the exact same time. So every four years, we add an entire day to make up that time, that little 0.25. Mm-hmm. That's why we have leap years. And apologies again to anybody who has a birthday on that day. I yeah. uh, I knew somebody who had a birthday on the 29th. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. We used to, uh, used to joke. Do you celebrate it on the 28th or the 1st? How do you do it? Either one. Whatever's on a weekend, usually. <laughs> Whatever's closer to the weekend. Okay. Wherever yeah. the Friday lands. That makes sense. Yep. Um, Pretty much anyone, more... like anyone's birthday, really. I mean. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's the 17th, but let's do it on the 22nd. You know, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the most common birth date in the world is September 9th. Wow. So if you have a September 9th birthday, just like Adam Sandler, Hugh Grant, Michelle Williams, Kelsey Asbiel, Eric Stone Street, Zoe Kazan, William Miller, Henry Thomas, Constance Marie, if you have a September 9th birthday, you are on the most common birth date of the year. Everyone's getting randy on uh, New Year's. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The math yeah. adds up. September ninth, nine months. That's September, uh, January first. Yeah, <laughs> that Happy makes sense. New Year. Again, again, just because we're skipping around, just because there's no real theme to it other than just numbers. Um, Tyler, how about the longest flight from New York to JFK? A lot of these things came up because on episode one twenty two we were talking about flights. We were talking about August being the most uh, birthdays in the month. That's how I came up with a few of these. Okay. Tyler, what's the longest flight you've ever been on? Hours. Honestly, it's just been the like we're we live in um LA. F- longest uh was to the tip of the East Coast, so five and a half hours. Five Honestly. five and a half hours. When you went to that's a New York flight, right? New York, Florida, either one. New York, Florida. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um the longest flight in the world that you can get on right now mm. is from New York's JFK airport. To Singapore's Changi Airport, uh, the distance is 9,527 miles. Tyler, guess how long that is in hours? Oh, This is a direct flight. This is a direct flight. I'm not talking about when you stop five times and it becomes three days of travel. This Maybe is you get, get in the airplane and then you get off the airplane. Just maybe under a day, maybe 23 hours. 18 hours and 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's that's I mean, relative to 23. I mean, I guess that's good. But fucked 18 hours. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, uh, planes used to go a little bit slower. This is a fact. This is a true fact. When I was a kid, planes used to go a little bit slower. And the flight I would take to go to my country where my family is from here would take about 15 and a half hours. Oh, and that's a fuck, man. Like, that's a 
like you come out the shape of the chair like you look like the chair like for like at least two days yeah so you know 18 hours and 50 minutes 19 hours straight of flying like you just don't want to get on an airplane again you're like whichever way you flew that's where you want to be a citizen <laughs> you know if oh we, god yeah yeah you're happy we, to be a citizen wherever I'm just saying, like, if we flew and ended up in Singapore, Tyler, you and I would have to just live our lives out in, in Singapore. Like, there's okay. no turning back. I'm not doing yeah. that flight again. Yeah, fuck that. We're not doing that again. <laughs> just Sorry. give up your citizenship wherever you came from in New York. Just, I'm, I'm a, you know, resident of Singapore at this moment. <laughs> what kind of property tax you guys have here? Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I'm not getting back on that plane. I will pay. <laughs> yeah, um, I will pay you to, so you don't send me back. I will pay. Please let me stay here with you people. Um, another interesting one, Stephen Hawking's death. Uh, as Stephen Hawking himself <laughs> would tell you. It's interesting, Tyler. It's Good transition. Yeah, right? Speaking of Singapore, let me talk about Stephen Hawking's death. Um, as Stephen Hawking himself would tell you, time is relative. But that doesn't quite explain why his death occurred to what many consider a fairly significant day. It was Einstein's 139th birthday. Galileo's 300th death day and Pi Day, which is March 14th, yep. when the date reads 3.14. So, coincidence? I don't know. You make the call. You make the call. Um, final, just fun one I have here, and then I have one interesting one, a little, a little movie based one, Tyler. And then I'll, you know, I'll hand the baton over to you. In 1945. Oh God! I want to do it like like uh, Sophia Tyler. Picture it, nineteen forty five. The Chicago Cubs were in Game Four of the World Series. Tell me if you've heard this story before. Uh, a fan named William Cianis tried to attend the game with his pet goat. This is a true story. He tried to come in with a pet goat. Apparently, goats aren't allowed to be baseball fans because Cianis and his hoofed buddy were refused entry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't they call me and you that when we go places? They're like, oh, here comes Eric and his hoofed friend. Hoofed. The hooves. <laughs> yeah. Behoove yourself. Um, <laughs> as Seattle stormed off, he shouted that the Cubs would never again win a World Series. The Cubs already hadn't mm. won a series since 1908. And after Sianis and his goat cursed the Cubs, the team would continue to struggle in the postseason. Sianis himself died October 22nd, 1970. And as the 20th century rolled on, the Cubs continued to lose, unable to even win a pennant or go to the World Series. Finally, in 2016, Chicago lit up with excitement as the Cubs won a pennant for the first time since the Sienna's curse. Mm -hmm. Then they went on to conquer the World Series. But here's the odd part. The day their pennant was won was October 22nd, 2016. Wow. Right? 46 wow. years to the day of that guy's death. Wow, dude, something to it. That's, I mean, it's a coincidence. It totally is a coincidence, but man, it just makes you like, your mind goes into conspiracy theory territory. Like, oh, there really <laughs> is something to this shit. There, there, there really is because I don't think there's such a thing as coincidence. I mean, we, we had Mr. Hayes on here and he said that, yeah. that, that uh, coincidence is, is, you know, convenience in disguise. It, it really, yeah. what the hell is coincidence, you know? Yeah. Did you watch that World Series? The one where they won? Yeah. 
I I didn't I didn't I maybe I maybe caught a game of it or something, but you know, good for them, man. Like I was rooting for them. Like why not, man? It's been you know over a hundred years. It's been a hundred eight years since they won their last one. Give it to them, shit. That it that is the one World Series that I actually watched every game because no kidding because the hype surrounding the Cubs and you know the you know just the you know oh my god they've lost for so many decades that. I was actually kind of just watching because there was people in the office talking about that were so like, holy shit, this really because they had watched all of the games throughout the year and said, I think the Cubs might really have a chance. So I actually was watching just to keep up with conversation. And when they won, it was like, holy shit, might have just seen history. I, I think everyone was rooting for them. I think even the other team was rooting for them. Do you remember who they were playing? It was I honestly don't. I, I just watched it at that moment, never went back. But it was it was a huge deal because I remember people. It was when I was living in the the building with you guys, and okay. I remember when the Cubs won. The fucking you could hear people in the building <laughs> screaming. Yeah, that, when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that shit, and all at That's... different times because everyone's cable and yeah. internet are different. <laughs> so you'd hear people screaming one second, then two seconds later, another apartment would start screaming, then another apartment. Yeah, that's that's when you find out which one of your cable, uh, which one of your neighbors has uh, cable and who has direct TV. It's, it's absolutely it's, you know, when you hear the the off in the yelling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking speaking of Mr. Hayes, Chicago Cubs, that's his team. Oh, so God, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that happened in his lifetime because the poor guy got to watch them lose for like 60 years. You know, the man's been through so much. Like, just let him have this. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he can he can no time soon, but he can die a happy man. Yeah. It's yeah, Chicago yeah. Cubs and the curse was finally broken. Um, Ty, do you mind if I throw a movie in there? Absolutely. I wish I saw this movie. It's called The Number 23. Hmm. Uh, it was a 2007 American thriller film written by Fernley Phillips and directed by Joel Schumacher, starring uh, Jim Carrey as a man who becomes obsessed with the 23 Enigma. Mm-hmm. Once he reads about it in a strange book that seemingly mirrors his life. Now, the reason I bring this up, again, we're talking numbers, things like that. So, okay, cool. The movie's called The Number 23. But the plot is largely based on the philosophical writings of William S. Burroughs who came to believe that the number 23 held mystical significance after encountering it during significant moments in his life. So this is kind of based on a true story. Yeah, as much as Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, yes. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that in there, Tyler. But no, yeah. really, though, really, it's it's just, I like things like that. I like when, when you see, like, a really good movie and it's either inspired. you find out that it inspired or not at all. Right. Um, Notably, that fucking movie three three billboards. Oh yeah, I I swear to God, it must have been the most searched thing in Google. Is this based on a true story? Because I was sitting there like I can't wait to Google this as soon as the movie ends because I don't want to spoiler. Mm-hmm. Just to find out that this movie's complete bullshit. You know, it's not about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, it's like it's so well written that you're like they they can't make this shit up, but it turns yeah. out they can. Yeah, yeah. So, what about some movies? Fucking movie. It is a good fucking movie. It really is. It really is. Tyler, be honest now. Be honest. Yeah. Did you think it was a true story? Uh, I honestly wasn't sure. I if it was a true story, I actually wouldn't be shocked 
because it is real. It's the movie itself, the characters, the story, everything is so plausible. Yeah. You, you would think like if you heard that it was a true story, you wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, that's exactly it. That's, yeah. I was more shocked to find out that it wasn't true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a very stranger, truth is stranger than fiction movie that just happens to be fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sound too disappointed that it's not. A- <laughs> I, I just, I'm not disappointed that it's not true. I'm disappointed that I was made a fool of because I was sitting there like, oh my God, I'm going to Google this as soon as it ends. And then it ended and then it was like bullshit. And I'm like, fuck, you know? Yeah. You don't know what it's like, Tyler, because you've never had your time wasted before. Well, why don't we just recount the events of the day and we can see if that's true. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to hit me with facts, Tyler, all right? Dude, most of my life is waiting for other people. So don't like yeah. <laughs> don't do yeah. a life wasted. <laughs> oh god. Give give us some movies, Tyler. What do you have for us, man? So I have uh Going for for the numbers thing, we basically have like a movie centric thing for the rest of this. Um, I have a poll from IMDb, which I'm excited about because IMDb is mean me. Uh, an IMDb poll means made by the people for the people. There you go. So I have here a poll for the best movie sequels according Ooh. to the community of IMDb, starting from Ooh. number thirty five, working our way up. Thirty five. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Number 34, for a few dollars more. And that hurts that it's that fucking low. Because that is the the first movie of that. uh, A Fistful of Dollars. I knew that. I knew that. Is is it a very good movie? Uh, For a few dollars more, I consider to be the best of the Clint Eastwood spaghetti Italian westerns. It's the second one of the trilogy. Um, it is the, I think the darkest, well, actually, no, it is the darkest of the bunch because the guy he's going up against is a fucking psychopath. Um, I love this movie. Can you see two without seeing the first? Yeah, they're, they're literally actually separate movies. They're not connected to each other. Okay. Now, as we talk about sequels real quick, and it's the last time I'll bother you, I swear. Yeah. I'm waiting for something to pop up, Tyler. You know what it is. I know what it is. The listeners know what it is. Oh, I'm going to sit yeah. here and wait for it to come up. All right. Well, I, you might as well just, you know, your nipples can go back down. It's not on here. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Not two minutes ago. Not two <laughs> minutes ago, I told you how I'm tired of being made a fool of and disrespected all the time. Yeah. Just, just fast forward to the, these two minutes that we're in right now, and here we are again, fucking at the same crossroads. Tell goddamn everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking out for you, by the way, and I was looking for a list. I put in best sequels, <laughs> Psycho Two. I actually did try and help you. Um, Thank you. There are a couple of articles, one of which is from Bloody Disgusting, which is a very reputable horror website. There are in-depth articles about why Psycho 2 is very special, especially as it's considered the first of the legacy horror sequels, which we're kind of in a renaissance right now. Um, Being Halloween, there's literally another Scream coming out in a couple months. Um, they're getting Friday the 13th, Chucky's back, you know, and it's a really great article about talking about how Psycho 2 
in a way started that trend that we are have so much of right now. So it's don't worry, and still, you're, and still you're no being respect. represented, not just from I the hope. not from the community or or the regular <laughs> population, but the community does respect what you love. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, 33 X2 X-Men United 32 or that was 33. 32 is X-Men Days of Future Past 31 War for the Planet of the Apes. I'm getting tired of these two franchises. (laughs) Hello, number 30. One of my loves. Dawn of the Dead 1978. Hello, my love. 29 The Bourne Ultimatum. 28, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Um, Dude, can they the stop with the fucking Mission Impossible movies? I, I'm i with you. Like, Tom Cruise, please just do... If you want to do sequels, I would love a risky business, too. I mean, I mean, come on. Anyway, 27, uh, The Road Warrior, which is a.k.a. Mad Max 2. 26, Spider-Man 2 from 2004. 25, Shrek 2 from 04, Harry (laughs) Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, fucking A, yes, 2004, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan from 82, that's number 23, 22, My Heart Just Skipped a Beat, Evil Dead 2, there it is, 21, Toy Story 3, number 20, Toy Story 2, amazing those two ended up (laughs) just together, that's cute. Yeah, side by side like that. Number 19, God, it's just so many fucking franchises. 19, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oh, here we go, man. The rest of them are going to be Marvel shit, right? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, 18, right. <laughs> 18, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. 17, uh, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. Oh, my God. The Ghost Protocol was from 2011. Hot damn. God, time flies when you're old. Um, yeah. Here's a fun one. I'm happy to see this on the list. Number 16, The Bride of Frankenstein from 1935. Nice. Number 15, Captain America Civil War. I'll I'll give yeah, I'll give a pass to that one. That one's pretty good. Uh 14, The Dark Knight Rises. It should not be that high. That movie has way too many fucking plot holes. Number <laughs> 13, the final Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. 12 is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Uh, number uh, number 11, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Eric, where do you stand on the three original Indiana Jones movies? Um, I like them. Yeah? I, I, I do like them. I what do like order them. do you put them in? Oh, hold on. Um, give me one Where's second. Let me... Let me... Where's the, the best? Okay, give me one second. Uh, let me let me see here. Indiana Jones. It's an important question, to... I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, okay. Let me see. Um, it's a tough one, dude. I know. It is a tough one because I like The Last Crusade a lot. Raiders of the Lost Ark. <gasps> Temple of Doom here. Let me see. Wait, is this worst to best? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking at the oh. covers. Oh, thank I'm God. The covers. 
Is Raiders of the Lost Ark the one where like with that uh, cult? No, that's um, uh, that's the second one. That's Temple of Doom. That's Temple of Doom. God. Um, oh, okay. I'm in suspense here. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm trying to remember like which one was which here. Um, Be careful, because remember, I have the uh, ability to stop this recording, so these answers yeah, are right. Be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Should put the drum roll sound effect in this. Yeah, yeah, right. Here, how about this one? Yeah, pour one out for the Chicago Cubs, Tyler. <laughs> um, okay, the Last Crusade, and then the Lost Ark, and then Temple of Doom. I think. Oh, <gasps> Temple of Doom is your favorite. Oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, so it's the other way around. God damn it. Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around. Okay. All right, where are you? So I have uh, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and then Raiders. Actually, literally in their numerical order. Uh, I I actually love Temple of Doom. It's To me, that is so close to Raiders. Only because Temple of Doom is so fucking batshit crazy that it jumps the shark, but I think in the best way possible. Yeah, but I don't know the the heart stealing and all that stuff and the, <laughs> the, and roller the short coaster. round. Yeah, short round and like oh, hey, I don't know, man. Listen, short round was literally just nominated for an Oscar, my friend. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Don't knock short round. <laughs> there, there's time for love, Doctor Jones. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, number ten, Mad Max Fury Road. Number nine, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Number eight, Logan. Number oh. I like that movie, man. Logan is... Lo, Logan gives you everything that you want. I, I think that's the best X-Men series movie, was that one? Yes. Logan is in fucking credible and has the ability to make you cry. Did it get any nominations? No. No. Are you serious? I think if it came out this year, or maybe the year like 2022, rather, I think it probably would have. If you look at the what they're going by Best Picture this year, yeah. Um, but dude, I you know, spoiler alert, like it's been what we're going on six years now, dude. At the very end, when it shows his grave, and they put yeah. the the animated series looking X Men figure. And she turns the cross into an X on his grave. Yeah. Forget it. I need the tissues right fucking <laughs> now. I, I, oh God, that hurt. Oh, that was a blow. It's that, that movie's incredible. It really, it's really, if you haven't seen Logan, please go watch Logan. Please, please for Tyler and my sake, please go watch it. Yeah. If, um, oh God, what is it called? Uh, uh, Oh, oh, um, if you, uh, speaking of sequels, if you haven't seen Lo Lone Wolf and Cub, which is an Asian I see samurai, that, it, it, there's so much Logan in that fucking series. There's so much of that in there. And it, it, when you watch it, it's just like, okay, you could see a lot of Logan in this. I, I really um, want to see that. And that's a, and that's an old one too, isn't it? Yeah. It's from, I believe the early, early seventies from Japan. Very good. 
Okay. Uh, number seven, and I don't like that it's this far up because it really doesn't deserve to be this high, but Blade Runner 2049. Very solid sequel. Insane they made a good sequel to Blade Runner. Definitely not in the top ten. Definitely not. Uh, number six, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Whatever. Number five, Aliens. Fuck yeah. There, there we are. Number four, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Hell, yes. fuck yeah. Number three, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Agree. Number, number two, The Godfather Part 2. Yes. And number one, Eric, you want to take a guess? It's been out, like, uh, uh, not within the last 10 years, but definitely during our adulthood. Do you want to take a guess what number one is? The number one sequel to a movie. It was a gigantic fucking movie and is still considered a classic. John Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Close, but no cigar. I heard every time you say John Carter out loud, Disney loses a dollar. (laughs) They lose another 25 grand. (laughs) Uh, What's it? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Ooh. Probably one of the probably, you know. I unfortunately we have the Avengers, I guess, to eclipse that. But like, I'm shocked there weren't more Avengers in here. I'm shocked there weren't any Avengers in here. I'm kind of shocked too. Like Endgame, I would think would have made this list. Yeah, Um, but it didn't. Um, That is, you know what? That's an interesting point. That is, Dark Knight, gigantic when that fucking thing came out. I mean, that. Oh my god, everyone wanted to see it. Young yeah. old. Um, the next thing I have, which is uh which franchises have the biggest amount of sequels. Be- before before we do that, there's two things that I really need to say. Okay. Number one, Mads Mickelson is ugly like hell. Oh, leave him alone. That's number yeah. one. Like he looks like a bad guy. Like I feel bad for him because like <laughs> That's why he made such a great Hannibal. His he's he just looks like a bad guy. Like if you see this guy in the store, you're like, "Oh shit, man!" And you know he's probably like, "Oh hey, how are you?" You know, but just looks he is like supposed to be incredibly nice. Actually, I I hope so. I hope yeah. so because if you look like that, like I don't know, man. Either you 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 run with it or you're just the exact opposite. That's number one. Number two. Fun fact, because we're all about fun facts. Denzel Washington has never made a sequel <laughs> ever in his career until the movie The Equalizer. The reason oh, I bring shit. it up, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the reason I bring it up is because they're about to make the Equalizer three. So this dude just oh. fucking fell in love with this thing because he has never. And Denzel Washington is like a a, a a storied career, right, Tyler? Like, absolutely. Come on, man. Who 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 else has Denzel Washington power, right? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, okay, but you need to be a Tom yeah. Hanks and Denzel Washington. Like, that's not a name you just fucking throw in a, in a pot. Like, that's Denzel Washington. It's top tier A-list kind of. Yeah, he's he's uh, cream yeah. of the crop. Like, this is a guy, you put his name in the poster, I'm going. People are going to see it. He's Hollywood royalty. He <laughs> said himself, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Like, yeah. and, and it's true. And it was true then, and it's true now. But he's never made oh. a sequel in his entire, how do you say it, Tyler, filmography? filmography career yeah yeah but but equalizer broke him and he's done two and now three is coming out back to you 
How have they never made a John Q part two? <laughs> I actually well, like his, that movie. I, I, they kind of did. I mean, isn't seven pounds kind of, you know? Seven pounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, someone died and everyone got organs. So, I mean. Right? Absolutely. Everyone wins. Yeah. And, and uh, Chris Rock got, you know, the hand. Oh, yeah. He, he got handed. <laughs> oh. God, it's just, you know, I'm I'm kind of, I I want that to be addressed more. It kind of just went away. It's a slap in the face. <laughs> it is a slap in the face. It absolutely is. <laughs> um, so this I have a very actually a short list, um, which is going to go right into the final thing I have to talk about. But which Ooh. is, uh, this is from buckybroadband.com which I love this title and I don't know anything about this site I hope it's well regarded uh, oh no it's not Bucky I'm sorry Buckeye Broadband okay uh, and it's a small list of franchises that have the most sequels uh, so first we're, we have Friday the 13th with 12 plus movies since 1980 Jeez. It's a series that really doesn't need to be talked about, so we're going to move on. Yeah. Uh, next is Star Trek with 12-plus movies from since 1979. Not bad. Um, mm -hmm. Still cranking it. Well, I guess they were cranking them out. Now it's just gone back to TV. James Bond, 23-plus movies since 1962. Still I was gonna ask you going about strong. That. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Are James Bond movies sequels? In a way that they are. They seem to kind of be connected and then at times sort of choose what has been happened in the past. It's a very loose canon. Um, right. But then again, kind of the special thing with James Bond is as much as they are considered sequels, they kind of really are independent movies. Like you really can just jump in. Yeah, and that, that, and that's why I ask. Yeah. And they have the same formula starting with Dr. No. It's the same thing of, okay, let's establish James Bond. Let's establish the threat. We have your, um, your first Bond girl who is usually the one that he just bangs flat out and then betrays him. <laughs> then he goes after the villain again, full on. Then he meets his new Bond girl and then has the full-on relationship with her, so much so that you think that she will be part of sequels going forward. It's the same formula every fucking time. And it just yep. kind of works like that because it's tried and true and people can just jump in and and go forward. I mean, like we jumped in, I, I'm pretty sure between the two of us, we jumped in with Pierce Brosnan with Goldeneye, which is God knows how many Bonds in. And we've kind of gone through the well since then and it doesn't matter yeah i mean i mean like you say continuity but i don't know if it's a sequel because each one is a standalone but they do kind of rewrite history every every time there's a new james bond yeah every with every james bond they kind of redo the like the the i guess the canon and then whatever james bond you have then whatever sequel kind of goes back to what they started with in a way. Yeah. Um it's interesting. It's interesting it's interesting thought to say is is it a you know is it a a sequel? 
I think the Daniel Craig movies, I think really are the new, like it, I think that one basically started fresh with what they were doing Yeah. rather than, you know, the Sean Connery, the Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan, which in a way could be one James Bond. Daniel Craig's, I think kind of established this is a, fresh beginning middle and end beginning middle and end to this james bond yeah that makes sense next is godzilla 28 plus movies since 1954 uh i mean everyone i think has seen i i think from our generation has seen the baffling 1998 godzilla um but I think we've all seen at least one Japanese Godzilla and at least one of the modern age Godzilla from, you know, the new whatever King Kong multiverse of monsters or whatever that was. The monster. Yeah, that, that Godzilla, the best part of that movie was the soundtrack, which which isn't a good thing to say about a movie. 98. Yeah. Yeah. The Puff Daddy song. Come with me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where, where he sampled uh, Led Zeppelin, and also I think Jamiroquai was on there. Like, it was, yeah, that's right. It was a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, yeah. He oh. took the song. I believe it's Cashmere. I believe is the song. But it's it's crazy when you say, you know, what was good about that movie? The songs. Yeah, and not yeah, even yeah. all of them. Dude, that was an era of like soundtracks that were supposed to be as big, or that were as big as the movies themselves. Like. I think Men in Black was another example from that time. That's true, too. Granted that that is a good movie, but that soundtrack, fucking gigantic. That makes sense. Yeah. Really an MTV era. Um, Yeah. Now, this next wave of films I've never heard of, and it's called Carry On, which is a British raunchy comic series like a comedy movie series 31 films from 1958 to 1992 uh never heard of these uh liz our our friend liz lives in england if she has heard of these i would love to know of what her take is on these it sounds great especially raunchy british humor from 1958 i'm very interested yeah (laughs) um i don't know if it's very like kind of benny hill silliness but uh very interested in what this is uh last thing on this list uh obviously shouldn't be any surprise the marvel cinematic universe aka the mcu (laughs) 31 movies plus since 2008 probably the most amount of movies in such short amount of time it's it's been done to death man like it is it's been done to death i'm saying this right here for all of you listening the next actually no 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 i'm saving it never mind oh you're saving it entirely i'm saving it yeah but let's just say on episode 125 yeah, I'm going to piss Ashley off right in the beginning for all of your enjoyment. Oh, fantastic. God, I wish. Right in the right beginning. Tell her, as soon as we get her on, I'm going to piss her off. Like the second we get her on, the very awesome. second we get her on. Everyone remember this. It's going to be two weeks from right now. I'm going to make Ashley as mad as you've ever seen her in the first minute without saying the word Ted Bundy. Well, <laughs> well the theme was great while it lasted. She'll take that back, I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it. Get ready. Wow. Everyone. I like this. Okay. I'm interested. Uh, so finally, we're going to do with a segment of the show that has not been around for a while. And we really need to fucking talk about it. A sequel or a series of films with an impressive count. And I hope to God we've, I haven't brought this up yet, but the series is the Zadoichi series from Japan. What Does it sound familiar? No. Oh, thank God. This is, this has 26 original films from 1962 to 1989 from Japan. Um, Period pieces. It is about a blind former samurai that goes from place to place in Japan. It's basically a Japanese Western. And that, that sounds awesome, man. He is an incredible swordsman, again, blind. Um, and is the usual format is he walks into another small village in Japan, usually runs up against some kind of, um, oh, I forgot what they're called, but kind of like the like a Yakuza or like a, like a former samurai that now has an organized crime ring of his own and basically is trying to help citizens or uh, a female try to get their freedom. It's the same format, same formula, like James Bond every time. I fucking love this series. I fucking love it. And um, really well-made films, too. Uh, In the middle period of this, they kind of go... They try to do things artistically, visually different. And it's fucking awesome. The Criterion Collection put out uh, a full set of the first 25 out of 26 films uh, in a beautiful fucking collection that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I've seen these movies each at least three times. And I, I'm amazed. And one of the most insane things about this series is Eric, Mm -hmm. there is a, there is an epic, crossover movie in here and it is Zatoichi meets Yojimbo which is that's another name I've heard Yojimbo is an Akira Kurosawa movie about uh, a samurai a a freelance samurai basically that goes into a small town and sees people being oppressed by two separate rival gangs on either side of the town and he goes in to start up a war between the gangs so they'll kill each other so the town can have their freedom. This was remade in 1962, Eric, mm-hmm. as, get ready, a fistful okay. of dollars. No shit, man. Okay. All right. So these I'm two in. samurai meet up and have a crossover movie. It's it's the Avengers for for the Japanese samurai movie world. <laughs> so so at the risk of sounding offensive or ignorant, mm. there's 26 movies. Why do they 26. release a beautiful box set of 25? Who's the asshole that got left out? What happened? So the final movie was um I, there were rights issues. I'm assuming it's just between the production companies. Uh, that Criterion, I, I don't know how Criterion couldn't do it, but they couldn't secure it. But a budget label 
was able to do it on their own and they released it. Um, that being said, the 26th one is from 89. There was a, a considerable length of time between the movies. So there is a huge drop in quality from that last one. So it kind of, to me, is not essential. So it's fine to be left out and it's fine to watch the 25. It's fine to be left out. It does somehow, it, it does kind of wrap up the character, but it honestly, it's not good enough to be that important to the original series. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And this may be my favorite of the, of the obscures that you've ever, that you've ever shared with us. This is, oh, this sounds amazing. It's so good, dude. It's so great. It's, it's, there's such action packed, even though they're, you know, from the sixties and seventies, Tons of samurai action and a lot, a lot of heart from this character. He's so awesome. I'm in. Yeah. I'm completely in. I'm completely in, man. Dude, we're an hour and eight minutes. Do you have any other like awesome facts for us, numbers for us before we plug the next episode? No, let's no, not at all. This was a lot, man. I mean, we we covered so much here. One, two, three was an awesome episode. I'm gonna say this one's going in my book. This is this was a really cool episode. Yeah. Um how about the song of the day before we plugged episode 124, Tyler? Let's go with a great semi-song, because it's kind of a transition song in the album, but let's go with Vera from Pink Floyd from The Wall. All right. All right, I love it. I have uh, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Oh, there we I are. heard a cover of it. I was I don't remember where I was, but I heard a cover of it, and it was it was a lady singer, and they made it kind of bluesy, and I was like, "This is nice, man!" Like, it just goes to show any song that that has decent lyrics, yeah, that is iconic. I mean, you could just do anything with it. It shows the uh, the 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 ability to make music when you can just kind of transfer it from genre to genre. It just it That's holds true. itself. Yeah. That's true. So this was episode 123, and now if ever we needed a drum roll, this is this is where we need it. Our next episode is 124, and you all know if there's a four at the end, Seal is going to be on with us. There it is. Finally. There it is. Finally but, back. But I have a special guest just for Tyler. I reached out. We're going to get... <laughs> We're gonna get oh. Dorothy Kilgallen on Kilgallen on with us as well. Kilgallen. So I'm looking very Kilgallen on with us as well. I'm looking very very forward to that. Old small chin. <laughs> Tyler, do you know who Dorothy Kilgallen is? I did. She is on. She was a panelist on one of my favorite old game shows of all time uh, called What's My Line. Uh, I knew you. I, I knew it. I knew it. Just for for context for everyone listening, before we hit record, I told Tyler, I'm like. I have someone and there's a, a bet whether you do or don't know this person. And I was on the probably not side of that bet. So I just lost. Uh, I hope you're satisfied. Uh, <laughs> if you want a great episode to start with that show, look up on YouTube. You, uh, What's my line? Groucho Marx destroys the show. Uh, Groucho Marx destroys the show. Yeah, so he's one of the he's the guest panelist, and he's not taking the show seriously at all. And for twenty six minutes, you are in absolute chaos heaven. Uh, and Dorothy Kilgallen doesn't seem very pleased with a lot of it. She seems to be tolerating it. Uh, Dorothy Kilgallen also was a very famous columnist in newspapers. Yeah, 
and she was someone who was kind of on the side of our friend, Mr. Hayes, who was kind of saying like the JFK assassination is not kind of what it seems. And her death still to this day is called into question because she apparently had some evidence about it and she coincidentally ended up dead. Accidental overdose. Accidental overdose. Yep. When she really did not have, uh, to a lot of people did not have a dependency for anything. So that's really interesting. She is. Yeah. I'm so happy. She was this first. That's, this is one of my most favorite people you brought up dead people. All right. Victor Wong. Yeah, right. The the reason that I, I bring her up is uh, just like Tyler said, she is she was a panelist on the show. What's my line? I've never heard of the show. Mm-hmm. Last night I was just you know playing around on YouTube. I found Jerry Lewis and Walt Disney. What's my line? And I'm like, Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. So that was that was my very first time seeing it. Um, I saw an episode of what it is is they bring people on. And there's a panel of, of four judges and they bring on Tyler and Tyler's sitting there. Either he, you know, is part of history in some way or he uh, or he has a specific job. And these four panelists, by asking questions, try to figure out who Tyler is and what his job is or or who Tyler is. Um, sometimes they, they bring on a celebrity like Walt Disney and they blindfold the, the panelists and they ask right. questions to try to figure out who he is. And that's this person will throw their the voice. Yeah, that's yeah. the last part of the show. They'll they'll throw their voice. They'll give one word answers. They'll Walt Disney started answering in French and then in Spanish and then a female voice and saying mm-hmm, instead of yeah. yes. Yep. Um, it's twenty gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought a gentleman on, and this guy was in the audience. Tyler, this guy was in the audience when Abraham Lincoln was fucking assassinated. Yeah, is that a good one? That's a good episode, right? It's it's wild because you're like, how could a person that was at Abraham Lincoln's assassination, he was like four or five years old at the time. Yeah. How is he still alive during the television era? And it's just, it's a mind fuck to, to, to put these two things together. Yep. Yep. And it's still like, it's crazy to think even back then, these fucking parents still bringing their young kids to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely true. And this is why you don't bring your kids to the theater, ladies and gentlemen. You ask yeah. this guy. No, it's but, wild, right? That that guy fucking saw history. It, it is. It is. Yeah. It is, it, and to be recorded, it's insane. So on again, television. the name of that show on television. Yeah. So yeah. the name of that show is What's My Line? Check it out on YouTube. You have full episodes there. No commercials. It's a lot of fun. And there's interesting people there. Um, the last one we saw, they brought on Colonel Sanders. Yes. Harlan and Sanders. What what blew my mind is it was 1962 and they didn't blindfold the people. They were just trying to figure out who this guy is. And I'm like, how do they not know who Colonel Sanders is? Yep. And also it was weird to see him moving and talking because I've only ever seen his head on a bucket. Oh, no shit. You've never seen him in like a like an old commercial or anything? I, I've never seen him moving. I've never oh, seen yeah. him. I've never seen him move, let alone speak. And he's so Southern and so gentleman. I was like, I love this guy. He's so charming. He is. He's super charming. The, yeah. the one lady, uh, one of the ladies uh, on the panel was like, I know you're not a worker because you're very pretty. Like, she, And he started, he's like, well, he's like, well, thank you, ma'am. And I was like, damn, you he's get it, Colonel his, Sanders. Got that white linen suit, the the bow tie, yeah, the, the long yeah, bow tie. The bow tie. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Finger looking good, as they say. Uh, I'm so happy you found that show. It's so good. That show's so great. Yeah. And those are things that you learn about 50, 60, 70 year old shows only here on Team TNA podcast. I'm not going to. Tyler and Eric. And I'm not going to lie. I have a small crush on one of the panelists, Arlene Francis. I think she's incredible. Really? Yeah. I think she's so fucking cool. Okay. Anyway. All right. She's long well, dead, but anyway, she's amazing. <laughs> well, go leave flowers at her uh, on her grave at the Forever Cemetery over there in Hollywood. Yeah. And we will see you all here on episode 124.